This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Now, uh, just before the break, we were discussing uh, elderly and how do we look after them uh, in this particular time. And we have on the line uh, from the Union of Jewish Women and their flagship project, which is Kosher Mobile Mills, Cindy Cree. Uh, and we're going to be talking to her about her work. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on the new Blue Review. Thank you so much for having me, Benji. It's really good to be here. Now, uh, yeah, great to have you on. I think people might not know about the project uh, or, or, or not maybe in depth. So maybe start off by just giving us a, a little bit of background. What What is... Uh, first of all, the Union of Jewish Women, and what is this project that you're running? So the Union of Jewish Women is a non-profit organization that has been in South Africa for 89 years. Um, we provide different projects and relief and um, empowerment projects throughout the Jewish and the local communities in South Africa. Our flagship project is Kosher Mobile Mills, which was started in the 70s, and it basically provides really cooked, nutritious meals for the elderly who live in isolation. Um, so basically they're unable to cook for themselves and uh, they don't really have a family support system that can assist with getting them meals. So we provide meals um, either once or twice a week depending on their needs and um, a visit from our volunteers as well, which is also quite important for that contact with people. Obviously, so how, this. How, many, how many elderly people do we have in our community that uh, that need a service like this? Um, so at the moment, our numbers are about 130, um, and these are elderly who live all over. It's You've got your better areas as well as you've got your Bereas and Heilbrow, um residents and even as far as Kensington. Um so there's quite a few, and it's due to factors like immigration, um, due to factors of pe- people not having their own children and not having their own support systems. And and you are bringing them food, uh, you say, once or twice a week. Is what, what does that actually cover for people when they're, you know, is it just one meal or does it cover them for a period of time? So each meal that's delivered, um, we pack them in these punnets and each meal is equivalent to two meals. So on average, each person gets four meals per week, but that actually equates to eight um, as the portion is very, very large. Um, the reason why we deliver sometimes twice a week is because of storage facilities and everything within their homes. Um, that way they can continuously have nutritious cooked food and they don't have to worry about trying to stand and cook food for themselves. So that's our normal, typical, everyday kind of functioning with kosher mobile meals. So it wouldn't be a Jewish woman's organization if you didn't over-cater, but uh, uh, certainly okay. sounds like <laughs> uh, you, you, you do a good, good job of them. And you, you are thinking about the nutrition side of it to make sure that everything is covered. Absolutely. So they're getting, um, each meal typically consists of a starch, a vegetable, and a protein. And then we also provide, um, for some recipients, some fruit and some bread. It depends on, obviously, what other support they are getting from the community. We do assess each client individually. Um, it's not uh, one, one package set all kind of thing. And so you, are work, you also work with the other communal institutions that help out uh, with stuff like food security and that sort of thing. 
A hundred percent. We, our social worker communicates with the different organizations and we just double check, obviously, that we're not over catering, um, because that's obviously leads to waste and we don't want waste either. Um, so we address each person's needs as they are seen. Now, uh, aside from the food aspect of it, uh, I'm sure that people who are, you know, if you're in a flat somewhere in Berea or something, uh, you're not getting too many visitors. So I imagine that the social interaction side is, is probably a big, big part of the work that you're doing. Absolutely. So, um, we've got incredible volunteers who make this project what it is and they go and deliver the, the meals to each of the recipients. And obviously for the recipients, it's their only contact. Um, so including in Berea and Hillbra, those recipients, they need the, the contact. They also need someone to check in on them um, because there's no one else really to do it. So that fulfills a, a huge role that is lacking, I guess. And how big is your volunteer team? Um, so it is about 60 people. Um, obviously, each week differs depending on how many meals or people that we need to deliver to. Uh, our meals are all packed by our volunteers. Um, so, again, when we're doing packing, it's a different group of volunteers to those who are delivering and all of that. Okay, okay. Now, obviously, you've been running this since the 70s, and it's a, a program inside the community, but it's kind of... Uh, been thrust into the limelight a little bit with this whole uh, COVID thing that's been going on because suddenly you guys have been deemed an essential service by uh, by the government and the community. Absolutely. So basically what happened was we all received the notice of the shutdown and we realized that if we don't deliver meals, especially to some of these um, recipients, they will have nothing to eat. And that is a, a huge um a huge problem that needs to be addressed. Um, I've been communicating with Wendy Khan at the board, and she's been amazing with assisting and directing us. Um, and basically we were notified that we are an essential service and that um, what we do is pivotal to the community. They, it fulfills a huge gap and it fulfills a huge part of what's going on um, and our, our recipients are 75 and above. They cannot go and shop for themselves. And before this, they couldn't go shop for themselves. So we, we're trying to obviously eliminate their risk to the exposure of COVID. Now, what about your risk to the, to COVID? How are your volunteers handling being the only people out on the road, having to deal with food now and, and disease issues? How are you, how are you working on that side of things? So we have, oh, we have, uh, we've, purchase masks for all our um, volunteers. We obviously have gloves. We have hand sanitizer. Our packing has been reduced uh, the, in terms of volunteers because previously we have had more volunteers packing, but to try to reduce the risk, we stopping them from coming and keeping it to the minimal. We have had to request some volunteers not to come in based on age just because obviously we don't want to put the most at-risk um, population more at risk by delivering. Um, and we obviously are educating all our volunteers, giving them information as needed and helping them know the different precautions they should be taking. And what about the social interaction side? Because obviously that's uh, uh, a key part of the service you provide, but also entails 
uh, additional risk. So how are you handling that side of things? So unfortunately, at the moment, the social interaction is going to have to be restricted. Um, I, in fact, delivered a parcel last week. And what I, did, what I explained to the person I was delivering to was just that, unfortunately, I couldn't come in. I couldn't shake hands. I couldn't anything. We chatted through the gate. Um, we left the food parcel outside that they could collect it themselves or their carers can collect themselves for them. Um, and to fill that gap, what we've done is that our social worker at the moment is calling all our recipients and checking in on them, having a little bit of a chat, you know, even if it's just to discuss nothing, at least they, they're getting that interaction and that check-in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that will be crucial. Are, are recipients understanding what's going on? You know, the elderly, uh, you know, might be confused about what is happening with the change of their routine. Are you, are you getting an understanding from, from their side as well? From some recipients, it's more of a panic of what is going on and is my food going to be okay and am I going to get my meals? Um, we did have quite a bit of, like, I wouldn't say hysteria, but huge concern that happened last week when um, all of this happened because a lot of them do rely on the meals and that they were a bit panicked about that. Um, the interesting thing that when I delivered and I had conversations with people, they were concerned about what happens if something happens to me. Um, am I not allowed to call the police? Am I not allowed to call Hatsola? They, they didn't seem to understand who they were allowed to call, what is considered essential services. They thought that they were just locked in isolation, which is quite scary. And for someone who's already so alone, to think that you've lost all your support structures is even scarier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that must be quite terrifying. But I'm glad that you guys are, are still able to uh, to assist them. Uh, in cases of stuff like immigration, are, are you ever in contact with the people that are now overseas or, or are you literally these people's family? So we do speak to the families from overseas, obviously to see what is needed and their support and an understanding of the family system. Um, luckily, thank God for technology, we've got, um, we, we can make sure that families are staying in contact. And what sometimes happens is that if a family member cannot contact their parents, they call us to fulfill that gap. So that's that's a big part of um, that connectivity and all of that. And especially now yeah. because the families can't come from overseas. The, the travel ban is impacting hugely on a lot of the recipients. Now, you have had some trouble in the past, you wrote an interesting letter to um, uh, to the Jewish Report saying that sometimes your service is confused uh, with with other services. So just to kind of re- re- reiterate for us where the service is and, and kind of where it belongs, so that if, uh, particularly because I'm going to ask for donation details, so people know where they're giving uh, when, they, when they do this. So... Um one of the biggest confusions is that we are a project of the Hebrew Kadesha, which unfortunately we are not. Um, but what we do receive from the Hebrew is incredible and huge support. I'm not downplaying that at all. The Hebrew allow us to cook and prepare the meal. Well, they cook the meals for us and we package and everything, the meals at our parents' home, um, which we are eternally grateful to the Hebrew. But unfortunately, as a result of it being there, people have just assume that it is the Hebrew Kadesha, which it isn't. Um, we do pay for the meals that we prepare. And then the second part to it is the name. Um, 
the name Kosher Mobile Meals is something that gets mixed up so often with Meals on Wheels. And although we do sometimes work together with Meals on Wheels, um, we are not Meals on Wheels. Meals on Wheels is a project of the Methodist Church and provides meals differently to us. Um, so basically when what, what's been happening is that we have heard of um, people leaving money to Kosher Meals on Wheels to Meals on Wheels, um, our, both our beneficiaries and our volunteers also mix it up. And it's, it's a huge problem because if someone is intending for a donation to go to Kosher Mobile Meals, um, it doesn't come to us because of where they're leaving it to or where they're um, depositing it to. So our name is a very big confusion for a lot of people. Well, there we go, uh, Cindy Cree. Yeah, for sure. I can you imagine that that must be something that you need to clarify? We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be finding out from Cindy uh, exactly how uh, one can donate. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM. Chatting today to Cindy Cree from the Union of Jewish Women. Now, Cindy, if people want to donate to the program, I'm sure... With all of these extra restrictions, you do have extra costs and extra burdens that the organization has to cover. Uh, where can people find out how to donate? How can they find out more information if they want to support in other ways? Um, so there's a few different ways that you can donate. Um, firstly, if you would like, you could call our office on 011-648-1053. We are all working from home, but the number has been diverted to our receptionist. Um, so you can make a donation over the phone. Um, you can also donate on PayFast uh, if you look for the Union of Jewish Women Johannesburg, or you can do an EFT. I'm not sure if you want me to announce the details, or I can send them through to you. No, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, you you can email it to us when we put it up on the on the station, or if you just phone or or, or email you, then then that's probably the best way to do it. Absolutely, and one of the costs that we are now trying to us a cover. Um, thank God last week we had an amazing donation from an anonymous donor who we managed to go by booster packs for the really isolated individuals who have absolutely no family support. Um, and those were delivered last week. But what we would like to do is also send additional items to our recipients, including items like toilet paper and soap um, and some Tinder items and all of that. So that does come at an additional cost. So um, if you would like to assist, that would be amazing to help with that. Well, there you go. Uh, Cindy, just give us an email address uh, as well so people can get a hold of you. Perfect. Um, our email is info at ujw.co.za. Well, there we go. Cindy Cree from the Union of Jewish Women doing some very, very important work to keep the supply lines going to the community. Cindy, keep up the good work, and thank you so much for joining us on the New Blue Review. And thank you so much for having us and to our wonderful community for always supporting us and making sure that we can continue doing this essential service. There you go. Essential service indeed. Cindy Cree there from the Union of Jewish Women brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Craig who pushes all the big red buttons from afar at the moment to Flo who helps organize the Skype side of things. Senna who does the production and Vusi who's on the sound. And thank you to all you guys out there who've been listening. Uh, and engaging with us on the show. We always like to hear from you, so uh, please do keep up that contact. Uh, but for now, we've come to the end of the show, so we'll chat to you next week on the new The Review.